I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom. And welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Minha offering. This is part one of the series. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation or trials and tribulations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. I want you to notice that the crown of life comes to those who go through trials and tribulations and temptations. But going back to the sower that sows the word, what is being tried? It is the word of God. It is the promise of God. It is the will of God in your life. God requires his will and his promises to be tried. The omer was tossed in the wind. Midrash Rabbah Leviticus 28.2 Rabbi Abin said, Come and observe how much anxiety Israel experienced on the account of the commandment of the sheep. The sages say they used to thresh it. Then they spread it out in the temple courtyard and the wind blew upon it. And so once again, when we're talking about the omer, remember, we're talking about our lives and given our heart to the Lord and the Omer represents the flesh that goes through these processes so in the end the Lord has a people that is pleasing to him so in Ephesians chapter 4 the Omer tossed to the wind represents every kind of doctrine Ephesians 4 8, 11, 13 and 14 wherefore he says when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, till we all come into the unity of the faith. See, the purpose of the conclusion of the counting of the Omer is that we reach unity. So that's why it says in Ephesians 4 that we come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. So coming to the knowledge of the Son of God is coming to the unity of the faith and the perfect man. You know, that word's telos. means whole, complete, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah, that we henceforth be no more children. In other words, it's by going through the trials and the tribulations and the persecutions and the fire that causes us to grow from being a child to maturity. That a child in the Lord is tossed to and fro and he's carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In Midrash Shabbat, Leviticus 
Leviticus 28.2, it says, Rabbi Abin said, Come observe how much anxiety Israel experienced on account of the commandment of the sheaf. For we have learned elsewhere, that is in Menahot 66a, they cut it down, placed it in the basket, brought it to the temple courtyard, and parched it at the fire in order to comply with the law requiring it to be parched. These are the words of Rabbi Mir. The sages, however, say they used to thresh it first with reeds and stalks of plants so that it might not be reduced in quantity. It was placed in a tube. This tube had holes in it so that the fire could get at it. Then they spread it out in the temple courtyard and the wind blew upon it. Then they brought it to the grist grinder's mill. So the omer was ground into fine flour. It says in Menahot 10, 1 through 5, If the barley was ripe, it was taken from the vicinity of Jerusalem. Otherwise, it could be brought from anywhere in Israel. It was reaped by three men, each with his own scythe and basket. The grain was then brought to the temple where it was threshed, parched, spread on the courtyard floor to be dried by the wind, milled and ground in fine flour. So the ultimate result of the omer going through this process is it became fine flour. Fine flour represents refinement, purification, and being made white or righteous. The end goal of trials, testings, persecutions. Isaiah 48.10 Behold, I have refined you, but not with silver. I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. Notice the principle. You are chosen in the furnace of affliction. Daniel 12.10 Regarding the end of days. Many will be purified and made white and tried. Notice how they become white and purified. They're tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. So this is the meaning behind Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment. You know, in your mega churches in America, the reason why they draw so many people is that they preach everything's positive. They lower the standard of the message. And and in doing so, ultimately in the end, it attracts people because they like things to be said well and feel good and, and uh, be happy, life's okay. But then when trials and tribulations come, they fall away because they have no root. And they don't know that this is the way of the God of Israel. In order to proceed from Passover to Shavuot, you must, in between, go through this process. The 13 sieves means unity or oneness. It says in Menahot 10, 1 through 5, if the barley was ripe, it was taken from the vicinity of Jerusalem, otherwise it could be brought from anywhere in Israel. The grain was then brought to the temple where it was threshed, parched, spread on the courtyard floor to be dried by the wind, milled and ground into fine flour. And then this is the part we are examining. And it was sifted through 13 sieves. Now, the Hebrew word achad has a numerical value of 13. Each letter in the Hebrew language has a corresponding numerical value. So the aleph in achad is 1, the het is 8, and the dalet is 4. You add them up. The numerical value of achad is 13. And the end result in going through this process of refinement, beaten, trials, and tribulations, at the conclusion of it, you're fine flour, and you've grown up into the complete measure of Messiah. And so that ultimate place is oneness. Now, when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they made it to Mount Sinai, when they camped there, they were one. They were in unity. And it says in Exodus 19, verse 2, where it says Israel camped before the Lord, 
Lord in the Hebrew and Israel camped there, it does not say they camped in the Hebrew, but he camped. And then in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, in and with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. And so this represents being in unity to receive the outpouring of the Spirit. So let's summarize the counting of the Omer in its spiritual application. An Omer or sheaf spiritually represents a person or a group of people. The journey from leaving Egypt, which is a type of the world and the world system, consists of a time of preparation, counting the Omer, to meet with the God of Israel at Mount Sinai. The spiritual journey of counting the Omer consists of being humble, represented by the barley being beaten, judgment, trials, and purification, represented by the Omer being parched in fire, to remove unsound doctrine, it was tossed into the wind, it went through and became fine flour, which is refinement, living a righteous life, so that the end result is spiritual maturity, which is love and unity, which represents the 13 sieves. So now with that background of the process from bringing the first fruits of the barley harvest and counting the Omer, now we come to what is to be offered on Shavuot, the 50th day. In Leviticus, in chapter 23, verse 16, it says, Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Now, the meat offering in Hebrew is minha. And what minha is, it is a gift, it is a tribute, it is a present, it is an offering. So, the basic principle, it is something that you are offering to somebody else. It's a gift. It's a tribute. And so, at the end of the conclusion of the counting of the Omer process, you are then to offer a gift to the Lord. Let's see how a minha is a gift and what it actually is, it's a measure of a gift from the heart. All gifts must come from the heart. So, in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. The word offering is minha. That Cain brought a gift to the Lord. And Abel did as well. Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his minha, his offering. Now, why did the Lord respect Abel's minha, but he did not give the same honor to Cain's minha? Because one was given with the right heart and one was not given with the right heart. So the principle that we learn is when we give a gift to the Lord, it should be done willingly and it should be done with the right heart. Genesis 4, 5. But unto Cain and his offering, or his minha, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Cain was disobedient in the attitude and the manner in which he gave his gift to the Lord. Let's also see how minha is a gift. Genesis chapter 32, verse 3. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, under the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, 
the Lord which said to me, Return unto your country and to your kindred, and I will deal well with you. Deliver me, I pray you, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me in the mother with the children. And he lodged there that same night, and he took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau his brother. The word present is minha. He brought a minha for Esau. It's a gift, a present. Let's see the same principle, how a minha is brought to Joseph. Uh, Genesis chapter 43, verse 11 and verse 15. And their father Israel said of them, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits in the land in your vessels and carry down the man a minha, a gift. And the men took the minha and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. So these are the examples that I wanted to show you that on the 50th day on Shavuot, we're to bring a new meal offering to the Lord. In other words, we're supposed to give something to him from our heart that is really of our flesh that we haven't given to him before. It's something new. And then this minha is placed on the altar. Leviticus 6.14. This is the Torah of the minha. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord before the altar. So the altar represents your heart. What you're given to the Lord, this new gift that you're given to the Lord is something that you're given from your heart. That's why it's put on the altar. When it comes from your heart, it's put on the altar. Now, what I would like to show next is the daily offering that was put on the altar. Now, the altar represents our hearts. So what is the daily items that are put on the altar represents the things that we're supposed to give to the Lord on a daily basis. In Exodus chapter 29, verse 38 and 39, it says, Now this is that which you shall offer upon the altar, or give from your heart. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Now the word continually is the Hebrew word tamid. And the tamid is also what they call the daily offering. And so because it's to be given every day, it got translated continually. And so one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you will offer in the evening. Of course, the lamb spiritually represents Yeshua and the blood that he shed. So on your altar, on your heart every day, in the morning and the evening, you are to have remembrance and consciousness of Yeshua and his death and what it did for you. Now, a drink offering is a part of the daily offering with the lambs. There is a drink offering that is put on the altar as well. Exodus 29 verse 40. And with the one lamb, a tenth deal of flour mingled with a fourth part of a hen of beaten oil. So we've already gone through in the beating of the omer, the end result was fine flour. So along with the lamb, you're going to put flour. That is your life being submitted to the Lord and the things of the flesh being given to him. And it's to be of beaten oil crushed and the fourth part of a hen of a wine for a drink offering so a drink offering is something that you pour out our lives are supposed to be poured out to the lord on the altar which means our heart and then it says in exodus 29 verse 41 and the other lamb you shall offer at evening and you shall do thereto according to the minha the meat offering of the morning according to the drink offering for a sweet savor a sweet savor you see when on a daily 
basis, if you are living on a daily basis with the, the consciousness of the blood of Yeshua and what he did when he died for you, and you're a drink offering, you're poured out unto him, and you've been beaten, you're fine flour, he's able to put oil upon that, and the Lord looks upon that on a daily basis, and it is a sweet smell unto him. And it is an offering made by fire. In other words, this is only accomplished through the Spirit of God working in and through you. It's the fire. It's the refining. It's the purification. So in this daily offering, the burnt offering was put on the altar. This shall be a continual burnt offering. So what is a burnt offering? It is something that is freely and willfully given and it is completely consumed. So in other words, what you do on a daily basis under the Lord is to be completely of your free heart, your free desire, and you're supposed to give it wholeheartedly, completely. That's a burnt offering throughout your generations. Now look, once we do this on a daily basis, then it says, then I will meet with you and speak there unto you. So you hear the voice of God and the will of God once you are a daily tamid offering unto him. That it's through the the lambs that are given through the blood of Yeshua that the fine flour, the drink offering, the, the the oil that's put on the fine flour, give your heart completely unto him. When one is doing that, it's a sweet smell unto the Lord and that's when he speaks to you. And most believers don't live this life. They're not at that place. So therefore, they're not hearing the voice of God. Now, the offerings on the altar are sanctified by his glory. Exodus chapter 29 verse 43 And there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle will be sanctified by my glory. In other words, in living this life on a daily basis, not only is it a sweet smell unto the Lord, but your life becomes sanctified by his presence, which is his glory upon you. The altar offerings causes the God of Israel to dwell with his people. I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons, look, to minister to me in the priest's office. In order to minister as a priest in the priest's office, you must first go through a sanctification process. And then I will dwell among the children of Israel and I will be their God. And this is through his glory, through the outpouring of his spirit. So the outpouring of his spirit upon your life comes about through you being a tamid, a daily offering unto the Lord. So the minha and the burnt offering are put on the altar. Exodus 40 verse 29. And he put the altar of burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation he offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering. Now, because we're trying to paint a picture of what the Lord requires of us in service to Him, and because on the 50th day, that is the day of Shavuot, we're to offer a new minha unto Him, we need to get an understanding of 
what is required in giving that minha offering. So in Leviticus chapter 2 verse 1 it says, And when any will offer a minha unto the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. So what we studied already, we know that in order to give the minha offering, you must go through a process of refinement of trials and tribulation that the Lord puts oil upon it, the outpouring of the Spirit. He will pour oil upon it and put frankincense thereon. Now the Hebrew word frankincense is labona and frankincense is a white resin burned as fragrance. White. White represents righteousness. White represents holiness. And so when you go through the process of being beat to find flour where his spirit is being put upon you, then you are before the Lord frankincense. Now, oil and frankincense are used in the Minha offering. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. And he shall take thereout his handful of the flour thereof and the oil with all the frankincense. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. Leviticus 2 verse 4. And if you bring an oblation of a Minha baked in the oven, baked in the oven goes through fire. It represents the trials and the tribulations. It shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil. Oil represents the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you have the minha, which is something that you give to the Lord of your heart that goes through the process of trials and tribulations in beaten, that it is for purification, refinement, unleavened bread, and the end result is he anoints you with oil. The outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Next, the minha offering is baked with oil. Leviticus 6.21 In a pan it shall be made with oil. And when it is baked, you shall bring it in the baked pieces of the minha you shall offer for a sweet savor unto the Lord. Notice, once again, it's baked in oil. It goes through trials, tribulations, refining process. The end result is the outpouring of the Spirit. Leviticus 6.16 It's eaten with unleavened bread. And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation they will eat it. The minha offering cannot contain leaven. That which you give from your heart, it's the beating of the flesh. And the leaven represents the flesh. So you're not going to give an offering unto the Lord that's of your flesh. No, this is Leviticus 2.11, no minha which you shall bring unto the Lord shall be made with with leaven, for you shall burn no leaven, nor any honey, in any offering of the Lord made by fire. Leviticus chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they shall offer unto the Lord in the day when he is anointed. So what I want to show now is the Minha offering is used in the anointing, because you can't be anointed if you're walking and living in the flesh. You have to be beaten. You have to go through trials and tribulations. The fire. So in the in the priesthood of Aaron and his sons in the day when he's anointed the tenth part of Nephah a fine flour for a minha, perpetual half in the morning and half at night. And he shall take of it his handful of flour of the minha and of the oil and all the frankincense which is upon the minha and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even a memorial unto the Lord. The minha is holy burnt. Leviticus 6.22 And the priest of his son 
substance that is anointed and instead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord. It shall be wholly burnt. For every minha for the priest shall be wholly burnt. It shall not be eaten. Once again, the minha represents giving our heart to the Lord and the burnt offering is freely, willingly in everything that we have. And as a result of that, that is why the minha offering is most holy. Leviticus 2.3 And the remnant of the minha shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. So most holy means that's what is most precious to him. When we give of our heart, willingly submitted to do his will and go through trials and tribulations so that his glory can be upon us. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the Minha Offering. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.